The anti-fishing working group has just released results from its global fishing survey for the second half of 2014. And not surprisingly, the findings are bleak. Not only are fishing attacks increasing, but attacks are taking longer for companies to mitigate. And the APWG predicts that top-level domains, such as .bank and .insurance, are soon going to be among fishers' most targeted lists. I'm joined today by Dave Jevons, co-founder of the Anti-Fishing Working Group, who explains what some of these results mean for all industries and why phishing attacks just keep getting better. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Dave, as I mentioned in the introduction, the APWG just released results for the second half of 2014. How do the findings from this survey differ from findings that were gathered for the first half of 2014? Tracy, it's a pleasure to be talking with you again. The second half 2014 results are focused on primarily on brand abuse as it relates to domain names. And what we've done is taken our previous methodology that we've used over about four years now and compared it to results that we saw for all the way from 2011, 2012, and 2013, looking at how different types of domain names are being used in phishing attacks and what we've seen are some interesting differences. So one of the main areas that have changed a lot is the introduction of all these new top-level domain names, or as we call them, PLDs. There have been almost 300 new top-level domain names that have been introduced onto the Internet over the last year. And those have had some interesting effects in how the fishers are abusing brand names and domain names to do it, where they're moving as far as going into the abuse of domain names that are new and don't have efficient ways to affect takedown. So let me give you an example. We found that the average takedown time to get a phishing site removed off the Internet once it's been detected has actually increased by about an hour and a half versus what we saw in the first half of 2014. And a lot of that is due to changes in the domain name structure. So Dave, I'm going to have you expand there a bit. So are you saying then it's because of the introduction of these new top-level domains that it's now taking more time for these phishing sites to be taken down? Or are there other factors at play here as well? That's one of the factors that play into this, is the introduction of new top-level domains for domain names. So we found hundreds and hundreds of attacks that did register their domains in these new TLDs where there's just no real anti-fraud capabilities. The registrars are brand new to the process. They really don't follow any regulations. They don't have good notification processes. They're more prone to accepting stolen credit cards for registering these domains. So that's been one part of it. Another factor we've seen are that the criminals are figuring out which top-level domain names don't have good anti-fraud and anti-phishing policies, and they're starting to migrate the hosting of their phishing sites onto those domain names. And then I'd say a third more specific reason that we see is a pretty big dramatic rise of phishing in China and that Chinese fishers are taking advantage of changes in the .cn, which is China's top-level domain name. They're taking advantage of changes in policies that have happened recently that make it more advantageous for fishers to register domain names there. So Dave, is this a registrar issue, or is this something that's related more to what the folks who are launching some of these domains should be doing, or is it a combination of both? 
it's really a combination of, of many factors. There's a registrar issue, certainly, where you have new registrars that you know are effectively mom and pop shops, if you will. I mean, it does cost about a quarter million dollars to set up your own top-level domain name, but you know these may be companies with a couple of employees in them. Maybe they're owned by sort of shell company type operations, so they don't have procedures in place to deal with this stuff. As these reports come in, they don't have any way to vet that they're real. They've never received legal letters saying, you know, you've got to do these takedowns or things. So there's definitely a lot about the registrars. Some of it are policy changes that have happened with .cn at the registry level around how takedowns will work and various things that have happened there. So that's more sort of, if you will, the regulations and policies inside of it. And then just generally fishers getting smarter and figuring out where they can put their domain names that stay up longer. So Dave, this is a global report. And of course, you specifically mentioned some of the trends that you see in China, but are there other global trends or variations that are worth noting? Yes, Tracy. One of the things that we note in the report is that there's been quite a bit of what we call churn as far as the targets over the last six months where we're finding that there's a staple of profitable sites that are constantly fish, and then there are hundreds of different new sites that every six months come into rotation. Around, you can think of about, say, three or 400 companies that are new every six months coming into the major rotation of phishing that are getting targeted. And the bad guys will come up with campaigns against those companies. They will tune them. They will find the ones that are giving them access credentials and personal information or financial information. And then they will continue to target those. And the ones that aren't very profitable, not a lot of people fall for it, or there's not a lot of information in there, those tend to fall off the list and then get replaced constantly. So we've seen quite a bit of churn of targeting of new companies over the last six to eight months. So Dave, I'm going to have you expand there just a bit and going back to some things that were noted in the report. So the report does mention that some of these most often targeted companies get hit more than a thousand times per month by phishing attacks. What do you think is the reason for that? Is it just because these companies seem to be easier targets or it's because perhaps these are new domains or are other factors at play here as well? Well, the companies that are getting targeted the most with you know, a thousand different campaigns a month or even in some cases more than that, the reasons are that it's profitable and they have a large number of users. So there's just a lot of people to go after. We also see that many of those companies are online only companies. So payments companies that only operate online like PayPal would be an example. Social networking sites that have very broad reach and if you were to compromise it, You could do a lot of social engineering to take over the rest of a person's identity. So things like Facebook, some of the Apple websites. So those are targeted because the payoff is really good. There's loads of people and they're used to logging into it from email links and logging into it from other websites and web frames. So the ability to trick users in there is very high. They're, They're used to doing it. So the hit rates are high. That's the reason why you see some companies get targeted with a thousand different attacks a month. And when we talk about an attack, we're talking about a campaign here. So a campaign would be one or more websites, one or more phishing type lures. Each campaign may include hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, or even millions 
of people being targeted in each campaign. So you can imagine the volumes are very high in those targeted areas. Now, for newer companies that are coming onto the scene that are starting to pick up a lot of users or that maybe have rolled out online payment systems or what have you, online banking, that is much more about, hey, this is a newer company. They might not have the sophisticated anti-fraud capabilities of some of the more established targets. And you know, once somebody finds a way to make money or grab a lot of credentials, the attacks will ramp against that company's user base. So Dave, you've talked about the fact that some of these companies may not have the anti-fraud tools in place that they need. But let's talk a little bit about mitigation strategies overall. I mean, the strategies that have been implemented, are they just not effective? Um, well, strategies are effective. However, this is a dynamically changing world. About three weeks ago, Facebook hosted a small invite-only conference at their headquarters in Menlo Park, California. And they actually invited a number of companies to present at that conference that talked about their strategies for scams and phishing detection, prevention, etc. And the thing that stood out from that, where you're actually seeing the entire operational system of these companies, is that there are teams of people working at each company, and the threat is constantly changing. They're implementing tools. They're implementing rule sets. They're testing new rule sets applying artificial intelligence and other kinds of capabilities, but it's a constantly moving battle. They'll have a new set of threats potentially several times a week as the bad guys are just constantly evolving their techniques to target companies. So it's not that people don't have necessarily effective tools. It's the tools, strategies, and mitigation. It's a living, breathing thing that has to be funded and changed constantly to be effective. So Dave, beyond the points that we've already discussed, were there other findings that stood out to you? One of the findings to dig a little deeper into the new up-level domain phenomenon that we've been seeing is really a predictive finding where we found that the overall phishing rates of domains that are based in these new TLDs is lower than in established TLDs like .com or .info or what have you. So the newer domains have a lower percentage of malicious registrations, but we expect that to change. It's been climbing, and we expect to see quite a climb in abuse of these newer domain names as the bad guys start to experiment more, target more. And what we see is that each of these TLDs, you know, they're targeting certain markets. They're targeting certain countries. So the way that they accept payment, the way that registration is done inside of those TLDs, the way that fraud and takedown is managed in those TLDs are things that the bad guys are exploring and mapping and finding out which ones are easiest to exploit at the lowest cost. So that's one of the things where we believe that over the next six months we're going to see quite an inflation in the use of these hundreds of new TLDs. And I think that's a thing to think about for all new TLD owners considering coming into the market, for example, at Dot Bank or what have you, is to recognize that bad guys will be in there exploiting those. That's a good point that you make there, Dave, because there were some predictions in the report about where we might see phishing attacks targeting TLDs in the future. But with Dot Bank, I know that there's a lot of rollout that's currently underway, and this has really been something that's been quite anticipated by the financial industry. 
Do you think that we could get ahead of this if we know that these are the predictions? Are there things, mitigation strategies or tools that the banking industry, for instance, could put into place to help mitigate some of this? Well, Dodd Bank has the privileged position of being very exclusive in who can register domains inside of it. So there's a good vetting process in that type of a domain. So we don't have to worry so much about bad guys standing up a domain that's a fake .bank domain, for example. However, phishing attacks against domains that are legitimate .bank will happen, in my opinion, I don't foresee it's going to mitigate much of the problem. And the reason I say that is that a large, large majority of phishing domains do not actually have a very good fake domain name that would necessarily trick a user. What we find are that many of the ways to trick users are around the URLs that you use, around the lure that's presented to the user. So I still believe that you can have, for example, a URL which would be you know, fakebank.bank.securityupdate.xyz, for example. And that, to the average user, is going to look like a .bank domain name to most people looking at it. So I still think you've got to have mitigation technologies, which are things like strong use of SPF, domain keys, and DMARC on your email infrastructure for any domains that are on .bank to prevent fraudulent email from being accepted by the major email providers. That's one. And certainly, all the standard technologies around looking for bounce backs, looking for referrals to images hosted on .bank sites that were not from the .bank site itself but would indicate a phishing site targeting it, all of the strong user authentication technologies, none of that would change. David, sounds like so much has changed over the course of the last six months to a year. Is it really possible for the APWG to kind of give apple-to-apple -apple comparisons for some of the data that have been included in these reports year over year? Yes, we believe that we have the largest and longest-running set of statistics and consistent metrics over time. These domain reports go back to 2011. The methodologies are the same. We explain them. When we add new methodologies, we explain them. So we have very good historical data. We work with all of the members of APWG to correlate that data, to collect it from broad swaths of the Internet. In addition to our domain abuse reports, we do also publish several times a year our broader-based phishing reports which look at all types of phishing and malware distribution. And those reports go back to 2004. So again, we explain the methodologies, and when we add them or change them, those are all explained. So we believe that our comparative metrics are very sound and are certainly the most complete that anyone is publishing. And then, Dave, before we close, are there any final thoughts or recommendations that you could offer to industries across the board that would help them prepare for some of these upticks that are expected in targeted phishing attacks? Well, I recommend that companies are members of APWG. They may also be want to, want to be members of MOG. Financial institutions should certainly be members of FSISAC, and other types of companies should join their ISACs for their individual industries to be able to report information and gather reports and be on top of the emerging trends. APWG is also quite excited about the work that the federal government has been doing in promoting 
information sharing and analysis organizations, or ISAOs. APWG is one of the longest standing ones, having served as a data sharing organization for 11 years now. And we recommend that organizations look to participate in those, and not just as a source of information inbound about who else is getting attacked, but really to start sharing that information out there. Because by sharing information, the entire community gets smarter and is able to detect attacks more quickly. And the more people that share information, the more that others will share. Yes, an excellent point, Dave. Everything seems to go back to the need for more cyber intelligence and information sharing. And I think you made a good point earlier when you said there can be mitigation strategies in place, but because things could change on a weekly basis, even an hourly basis perhaps, it's always good to stay on top of what's happening in the market. That's right. And it's important to share information, not just in the financial services community, but in the broader community as well, because the companies that are getting constantly bombarded with attacks, the top 10 or top 20, these are companies that will have 100 people dedicated just to mitigation of new emerging threats in cyber. Those threats are coming your way, even if you're a small company or small online presence or a, or a mid-sized bank. Those threats are coming. And it's important to be sharing information with some of the leaders in the industry that may or may not be in your industry, but that are on the leading edge of, of where that fraud comes. And we just don't know where it's going to come from. It may be targeted at financial institutions one week. The innovation may shift over to government agencies for a month or two, and then the bad guys may go off and innovate against social networks for a while and then spread those tactics across the broader industry. Dave, this has been very informative. Thank you again for your time today, as always. You're most welcome, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Dave Jevons of the APWG. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.